Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening. Welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, I'm Chris. Uh, with me, I've got Ryan, all right? Yeah, not bad, you? Yeah, very good, thank you. And after a few weeks away, uh, we've got Mark. Evening. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks, and you? Yeah, good. You been up to anything important? Um, ooh, possibly, but I, I'm not allowed to tell you. You'd shoot me if you had to tell me. Uh, I'd be tempted to shoot you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I let myself in for that one, didn't I? You did. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, look, this week we're going to be talking about the Champions League action. We're going to be rounded up Spurs' game on um, Monday night, uh, where that leaves them in the title race. Uh, some other bits and bobs of news. And this weekend's forthcoming Premier League fixtures and whether we might get Premier League champions as well this week. Uh, we shall see. So, um, first of all, let's start the Champions League, seeing as that's where all the bells and whistles are. Um I wrote Manchester City nil, Real Madrid nil, dull, capital letters, exclamation mark. Ryan, you saw this. Was I right in my assessment? Yeah, I watched it and I just sort of kept thinking to myself, there's so many things that I could be doing that's more entertaining than this. And the worst thing is, Joe Hart's getting all the praise. Oh, yes. Well, So, it was a good save. I think he played all right. I'll I'll give him that. Which was a good save? Um, The one with Welled him in the tummy or the one he made with his foot? (laughs) <laughs> the one he made with his foot. The other one was a bit. I'm just here. The ball's hit me. Well done, me. The uh, Pepe one. You thought that? Yeah. Did you? yeah. Well, he he got out well, but originally I just thought Pepe needs to score. Me and Alex I, are fully paid up members of the goalkeepers union, so we're going to defend him. It takes an awful lot of kahunas to do that. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And he didn't go down like a big wet lettuce afterwards. No, true. Um. The one with his foot, I thought, was probably a bit more pedestrian because obviously his foot was—it it kind of hit his standing foot, didn't it? Yeah, but yeah, I suppose I thought it was probably good positioning there. Yeah, good awareness. Yeah, but it was, uh, yeah, the, the game was dull. Though. Go on, say something was, nice about Joe Hart. Go on, say he, he, he did really well. He's he's he did really well. He had a good game. No, he, to be fair, he did have a good game. Um, uh, but then again, I think. It was it was easy to stand out in that game because of how dull it was. Oh, it was hideous, there was wasn't it? Just nothing was going for either team. I can't tell if the defences were really, really good or the attacks were really bad. Well, you can kind of tell... There's them... that horrible in-between thing. Yeah, you can kind of tell they missed Ronaldo, can't you? Um, he had a thigh yeah, injury and he didn't play. Yeah, Benzema uh, came off at like half-time as well. Um, Real Madrid just looked out of sorts. And for City, Kevin De Bruyne's um, passing range just seemed a bit off. For once, there was a couple of opportunities where it, it looked like he could could have, could have played the killer ball, but ended up just sort of miscuing it, and the, the chance went. Yeah, yeah, he had a pass rate of something in the sixties. You know, that kind of sums up the whole game, doesn't it? Something almost happened all the while. Yeah. Um, 
and it never ever did. Did Bale have a good shout for a penalty in the second half? On my initial thinking, um, initial viewing, I thought yes, and I, I, every time I look at it, I'm not sure. He tripped from his own foot, didn't he? That's right. Yeah, That's I, I think I it's one of those one where he sort of tripped over his own foot, but I mean, I think there's like a tiny bit of contact prior to that, yeah. but it's not enough for him to go down. Okay. Uh, Kane and Navis' only save of the game came in injury time from the Kevin De Bruyne free kick. And, of course, Jesse hit the old Yeze, as they said on the telly. Um, he, <laughs> hit, he hit the crossbar, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so, next week, chaps, what do you reckon? I'm going to go for a Real Madrid win, although I don't think they'll be particularly convincing. I suppose it depends if Ronaldo plays. He could I, do, couldn't he? I don't think I he's think... entirely out, is he? No, I think they said that he'd be ready for the return leg because yeah. um, they desperately need him in that team. Um, if it's the same sort of lineup and performances this week, I can see Man City taking them. We've said it before how the Ramadan defence is quite vulnerable, and I, if Man City play well and get that early away goal, it's going to be tough for Madrid to come back without Ronaldo. And hmm. um, Mark, what do you reckon it's going to do next week? Um, <clears throat> based on nothing at all, I, I'm going to go for it'll be a score draw and City to go through on away goals. Oh, that's quite a specific uh, prediction. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to go. Why not two two? I, I got one right the other week, didn't I? When I said it would be West Ham three, Arsenal three. So uh, why not see if I can keep my run of form going? You did say that, didn't you? Mm. That's right. Didn't have any money on it though. Uh, no. Or did you hear about the Leicester City fan who this week who? Oh, what did he do? I think he put a 5p bet on, didn't he, before the season for them to win the league, and then he cashed out after the first game against Sunderland. <laughs> and he won 95 pence. <laughs> That's a stunningly good cash out, considering it was after one game. Yeah. Well, in hindsight, is, did you hear about the... Um, we have the Who wins the Darwin Award more here? Did you hear about the couple in, uh, that booked their um, flight to Las Vegas from Birmingham and picked their own Birmingham? Oh, no. Have you seen this? I didn't, but that's just depressing in so many different ways. Yes, they wanted to book their flight from Birmingham, England, but accidentally booked their flight from Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> and they ended up going to Amsterdam instead. Genius. Oh, what a nightmare. Yep. These people are allowed to walk amongst us, vote and breed. <laughs> no questions asked. <laughs> uh, right. Wednesday, Atletico Madrid won by Munich nil. This seemed a textbook Atletico performance didn't it um, they got the goal rather stunning goal it was wasn't it from um, uh, Saul Niguez he beat unbelievable yeah he beat Alonso Thiago and, and Bernard on his way to the goal um, yeah get the goal and then give the opposition the ball um, Bayern had 74% possession and just try and make Mark Klattenberg who was the referee uh, his life as difficult as possible who saw this one yeah that sums up the game in pretty much uh perfectly I would say I, I, I caught the first 15 minutes which was enough to see Atletico Madrid burst out of the traps and they really, they really pushed high they had all the ball in the first quarter of an hour um, got the goal and then did exactly what you would expect them to do as you said and just sat back and defended and I was flicking back and forward actually through the second half I didn't see all of it but it, it looked like I hadn't missed a single minute because Bayern Munich were in exactly the same place doing exactly the same thing as were Madrid um, at all the different stages I was flicking back and forward um, I think a lot of people would claim that to be 
anti-football, wouldn't they? What, what they do, and obviously I was on here a few weeks ago having been to the Barcelona Atletico Madrid quarter-final first leg when they did something very similar um, and employed a lot of um, negative tactics, let's say. Uh, that, that's that's just what they do, you know. We said then there's a lot of ways to win a football match. You don't have don't, not everybody's going to be Barcelona. Not everybody wants to play like Barcelona. And Madrid are just the kings of what they do, aren't they? Um, come the second leg, are they going to turn the shithousery up to 11 for the whole 90 minutes? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm quite looking forward to it in a perverse way. It will be anti-football versus Pep's beautiful game, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing that I noticed was... Now, I only caught sort of the last 20 to 15 minutes of the game, and all I noticed was Bayern's sort of end product was non-existent for that, that last sort of stint of the game. The only real chance that I saw... I mean, Vidal had a bit of a scuff shot, which he probably should have connected with better. Yeah, he, should, been, he, he hit into the ground a bit, didn't he? Yeah, he should have should have hit the target properly. And then I think it's Benashia had a heading opportunity, but he sort of just glanced it rather than putting any welly behind it. But Alaba had a couple of random shots that went nowhere. His crossing looked a bit iffy. I don't know what the rest of the game was like. He hit the bar, but, didn't he, as well? Oh, I must not have missed, missed that bit. But for the, the bit I saw... Bayern were just doing the same. They knocked it forward. Lewandowski sort of knocked it down and they built up and then it, it never really went anywhere. Atletico were very, very resolute and, you know, doing their tactic. Yeah, I mean, Torres hit the post as well in the second half, didn't he? That was yes. like a sort of little outside-of-the-boot kind of dink. They're quite cool, though, aren't they? Um, but just to back up what you guys have said, in the second half, the possession in, Bayern th- in Bayern's third of the pitch was 1.9%. <laughs> I don't think you can you can get away with that a certain amount of times and against a certain type of team and, and, and at home and, and so on. I'm just not sure they're going to be able to pull that off a second time against Bayern, who maybe aren't as they're not. I don't think they're as good under Guardiola as they were when Heinkes was the manager. But I still think they've got enough attacking talent, and now they've had a good look at Real Madrid for themselves close up what they're all about. One or two tweaks here and there, and I can see, I can see Bayern coming back quite strongly in that game. Um, and then it would be interesting if Bayern could set up a final with Manchester City. Uh, Bayern in their last eight away Champions League knockout games, games have lost four and drawn four. Yeah, but I'm sure their home record is pretty exceptional, is it not? I should imagine it's pretty good, isn't it? Um, oh, Diego Simeone's got a three-match touchline ban in La Liga. Has anybody seen why? I didn't see what I saw that he got banned, but I didn't. No, I didn't see the reason. Didn't somebody throw the an extra ball onto the pitch from the bench, and because nobody owned up, he basically took the rap and got sent off? Is that right? That's right. Yeah, um, I can't remember who it was the playing at the weekend, but one of their players was running down the wing attacking uh, the Atletico goal, and as he ran past the dugout, Ryan, um, some wag in the Atletico bench threw a ball onto the pitch. Of course, the referee has to stop play. <laughs> he asked who threw the ball, and of course, all these um, substitutes, coaches, managers uh, looked down at their feet like naughty school children and said it wasn't them. So, Simeone's taken the rap, like Mark said. What a nice guy! That's a yeah, what a lovely guy, <laughs> what a lovely man. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit ridiculous, is it not, though? Because they're they're in with a real good shout of winning the um, the Spanish league. There must only be. I don't know, less than half a dozen games to go, I suppose. Yeah. 
And now he's going to be off the bench, and he's obviously such a big part of what they do, shouting and screaming from the touchline and directing them. Why didn't the person who did it actually own up and get the three-game ban, whether it was some inconsequential physio or coach or whatever, and now Simeone's not going to be on the touchline? Does that not seem daft to you? Well, yeah, you would have thought some nobody would take a bullet for the team. I mean, yeah, even, even, if also, it, even if it was Simeone. Yeah, exactly. It just seems really ridiculous to me. Yeah. Even a three-game ban, just, is, is that just me or does that seem quite harsh? Or, it, I don't know, three games just seems quite bizarre when you can compare it to what people get banned for three games. It was stopping doing it again. Is, well, maybe they, just, maybe they just take such a dim view on the shithousery <laughs> in Spain. I don't know, maybe that's <laughs> maybe. it. Uh, okay, so next week, uh, one word from you guys. Atletico or Bayern to go through? Bayern. Bayern. Oh, well said, both of you. Uh, okay. Well, moving back on to Monday night um, in the title race, we had Spurs versus West Brom. Um, Craig Dawson scored both ends, didn't he? As it were. Um, yeah, yeah, he did. A bit of a. Well, I mean, I never know if it has a good or a bad thing, whether he's atoned for his mistake or if it's, you know, that thing of he still scored the own goal, so does it really matter? Uh, I suppose you made up for your own mistake, didn't you? It was, yeah. it was his own goal first, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, so he bundled in a cross into his own net and then he headed in from six yards out. Um, people were wondering if West Brom would be on the beach or not. But as somebody said on Twitter, the only beach that uh, Tony Pulis would allow his team to be on would be uh, Omaha or Utah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Um, Spurs hit the woodwork three times. Uh, now, has anyone seen any comments from Spurs' next opponent? Spurs on Monday are away at Chelsea has anyone seen what Eden Hazard and Cesc Fabregas have said they don't, they've come out and said we don't want Spurs to win the league right I yeah. saw Hazard said something like that yeah they both pretty much said they really like Leicester to win the league ahead of Spurs bearing in mind Chelsea got to play both those teams <laughs> yeah but that's been the most meaningful contribution to the season that either of those two have made <laughs> well we could well hey, be back hey, to see you Fabregas has been Fabricas has been better in the past couple of weeks. We could but Fabricas yeah, hates. That. I'm we, sure he hates Tottenham anyway from his Arsenal days, so I'm not overly surprised. Well, that's what he said on Monday Night Football. He said he wanted um, Leicester to win because of his Arsenal ties. But you imagine some corner or something and an accidental own goal or something. It's going to look rather iffy on Monday, isn't it? Mm. Chelsea players don't care now at the moment anyway, so I guess it probably doesn't even matter. Well, the last thing they want to do is make it public that they don't care. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, well, on that visit, uh, Chelsea have not lost at home to Spurs in the league since 1990. I can see that wow. continuing, which can is you? what I'm hoping. Yeah, I think you'll probably be a bore, George, to be honest. Do you reckon? Yeah, I, I don't expect Chelsea to be quite, well, to be very attacking. I can see it being quite a tight game. To be honest, yeah. I think Tottenham's count well attack is going to probably be too strong, especially if if Hibbing decides to play Mikel at centre back again. Well, they'll God have to, they'll have to uh, do it without Deli Ali, who of course has got a three match ban for giving Claudio Jacob a, a thump in the tummy, understandably because he's a bit of a so and so, isn't he? He's a dog. A dog. Yeah, he's a yard dog. That Jacob. Oh right, yes. Sorry, he is, isn't he? He's a. Joy, do you think? In what way do you think he's a a guard dog? 
Well, he's just a little rat. He's got no interest in playing football, playing fair, has he? Yeah. He's got no. He's got no discernible skill about him. Um, so you wonder how hard he's worked at being that type of player to have made it to the level he's at without any discernible skill at football. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're going to miss Deli Alley, though, aren't they? I think Spurs. Will. will Spurs go to Chelsea knowing who the champions are? Well, that's potential, isn't it? So, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be interesting because if Leicester confirm the title, um, what, what does that mean for that game, really? Does do Tottenham actually have much to... A lot of shots sh- sh- by Chelsea fans, I should imagine. Well, yeah. <laughs> we do that. Uh, but then again, will Tottenham sort of think, well, we only need the result to, to finish second, so would they put as much onus on it? I'm sure they want to beat Chelsea as much as the next team. Yeah, but. I mean, I put a little Twitter poll earlier on because I was quite interested to see because um, I remember back in uh, 1995, you'll remember this, Mark, won't you? Last game of the season, Blackburn versus Liverpool. Liverpool, mm-hmm. um, uh, Blackburn had to beat Liverpool in the last game of the season to ensure they were champions ahead of Manchester United. And of course, you had people wondering whether Liverpool put 100% effort in or not and they won the match mm-hmm. didn't they um, Liverpool won the game mm-hmm. with Jamie, uh, Jamie Redknapp free kick wasn't it yep that's right uh, so I had a little poll on Twitter early on to Manchester United fans um, would they take a loss this weekend if it meant Leicester winning the league uh, and 62% said no they wouldn't they'd rather win including Paul who uh, sometimes at this parish he said he'd rather United won I think the difficult thing is that United are still in a battle for sort of fifth place Yes, so, they are, they? you know, taking well, obviously not taking a loss would wouldn't be beneficial to them. Obviously, it would sort of stick it to to Tottenham, on, but at the same time, it, it's almost like well, they don't want to risk what they've got at the moment because I, I can see West Ham pipping them to the to post if if that's the case. Yeah, well, they're five points behind fourth place Arsenal, aren't they? With a game in hand, so they win that, they're only two points behind. Arsenal and Man City still got to play each other. I think they have, haven't they? I uh, don't know, actually. Let's have a little look at fixtures coming up. Do, 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 do. What have we got? Uh, yes, they do. Sunday the 8th of May. That'd be an interesting game. Yeah, mm. I think you're right. It could be. So, yeah, OK. Um, Manchester United's still got a lot to play for. How do you reckon that one's going to go? Because Vardy's still banned, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, any, uh, Wayne Rooney's on 99 Premier League goals at Old Trafford. Um, the only player to have scored 100 plus goals at a single ground is anybody? Alan Shearer? No. No. Ruud van Nistelrooy? No. He's French. Thierry Henry? There you go. Um, yeah, can anyone see Leicester being champions on Saturday? Uh, not personally. I think, um, uh, like you said, United have still got something to play for. Um, FA Cup final places, um, potentially fourth in the league. They've got a good hole. You know, they're, they're, they're they're doing all right in terms of results um, recently. And uh, Leicester have got a little bit of breathing space, so it's not absolutely crucial that they win. So I think I can see them take going away with a draw, just another point, takes them a bit closer, just so they can win the league at home in their next game, which I suspect is against Everton, is it? I think so, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I think the other thing is, well, United well, and Van Gaal especially can't really afford to lose it. And not just in terms of their current position, but obviously Van Gaal, I mean, it depends how the FA Cup turns out, of course. But with these Mourinho rumours continuing to circle, it's that thing of 
no, Man United need to finish the season well and beating the you know the champions elect would desperately needed for him. Mm. I think. Okay. Um. Right. Other news this week before we get on to the Premier League and stuff. Um. What have we had? Uh, Hillsborough has happened this week, hasn't it? I think after 27 years, I think most people probably know the story by now, don't they? Um, the inquest decided that fans were not to blame and were unlawfully killed. Errors by South Yorkshire Police, um, South Yorkshire Ambulance and Sheffield Wednesday as well themselves. The South Yorkshire Police Constable has been suspended. Uh, a big vigil outside St George's Hall last night in Liverpool. Um, Mark, I'm going to come to you because I'm sure people can tell by your accent you're from around that way. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, did you sort of know anyone or anything sort of caught up in it at that time? And what does it mean for, what does this mean for the people of Liverpool? Um, no, I didn't know anybody, thankfully. But um, for the for the city, actually, it's it goes beyond just. I think it goes beyond the foot. Certainly, goes beyond football. I think it goes beyond ninety six people dying. Actually, I think you've got to put it into context of what not only what. The policing and, and the government attitude was towards football fans and football as a whole at, in in that late eighties period. Um, but you also have to take it in the political context with how the Tory government and um, the authorities viewed Liverpool as a city politically and how it was cast aside. And I think it really it's kind of um, not just justification, which is of course the main the main thing for the families, but I think putting it into context with the time. It's Liverpool's turn to say, you know what, um, you owe us for what you did to these people. You besmirched their character. You besmirched the city, and it, it didn't. It wasn't singularly about Hillsborough, but of course that was the the, the main event that really um, uh, emphasised the class division. That there was in this country that still exists, but there certainly was at that time in this country. It came after uh, the Toxteth riots, didn't it? And of course, you had Derek Hatton as well in the mid eighties as well. Well, you had you had all sorts of things. You know, the, the the Tory government basically openly said that they were letting the city of Liverpool die. There was the Toxteth riots in the early eighties. There was, of course, the High Soul thing, which which Liverpool fans gave the government a, a, another stick to beat the city with, almost. So, if you take that all into context, you know, it's a big it's a big victory and a big vindication of these of Liverpool as a city but if we actually boil it down of course what it, what the most important thing is now is for these families to be able to to move on with their lives and know that they've got the justice they deserved that hopefully the the people who were responsible for any wrongdoing either at the event or in the aftermath with the cover with the cover up will finally get what's coming to them as well you know so um hopefully it does Close a chapter, I think, a very sad chapter for for football in the city of Liverpool. Um, now that it's almost at an end, not quite. Okay, um, staying in Liverpool as well. Yeah, uh, believes Liverpool are right to suspended Mamadou Sakho after his failed drugs test. Uh, Sakho's opted to not to have his B test, um, his B sample result or t- uh, tested. Um, and so far, has been given a 30-day suspension by UEFA, which could increase upon investigation, can't it? This is for fat burners, wasn't it? This isn't um, EPO or anything like that. It wasn't, but I've read something that fat burners can be used as a masking agent for something more sinister. Whether, not that we're insinuating for a second that 
that's what's going on here. But that's just what I read. Whether that's true or not, I'm not sure. But you do have to question why a top professional athlete um, is taking fat burners. I mean, Colo Torre did that, and you think... Well, he's just water something. It's something to do with water. Yeah, water, yeah to get rid of water. So I'm assuming yeah. it, it's basically a weight loss um, uh, aid, isn't it? Mm. Um, so you think, well, why are they taking weight loss aids? They run up and down a field for two hours a day, probably eat extremely well, um, are extremely, you know, they're, they're just about the most pampered and well-looked-after humans on the planet, barring the royal family. And why are they needing to take any kind of supplement or substance, be it um, performance-enhancing or not? Do you, either of you reckon we are very far away from a massive doping scandal in football? We're kind of hunters, but... That was all swept under the carpet, wasn't it? Mm. Um, well, there's, there's always been lots of talk about um, how certain clubs, big clubs as well, their medical division um, maintains the players' health and monitors the players' health and, and so on and so on. Um, so there, there's probably a lot of borderline things going on or have gone on and maybe there's some lines have been crossed in, in the last 10 or 15 years too that either the authorities know about and, and are keeping hush-hush because they want to, they don't want to damage the um, the integrity of the sport any more than it would be if he actually said, you know, we're going to clean this up. Um, or it just doesn't, they don't test properly. I, I, I suspect it's probably the second. I, I, I don't, I don't imagine that testing footballers um, is it is any more stringent than in any other sport in fact I think it's probably less yeah I think so as well um, I refuse to believe that with drugs being prevalent in other sports that, that they're not in football I find it really hard to believe that there's not people footballers doping although a good thing to do after every single Leicester game when you watch Leicester win is to go on Twitter and search Leicester doping and then you see lots and lots of Arsenal fans Oh yeah, absolutely! It's ridiculous. It is quite good fun. Um, final group games of the Copa Libertadores this week. All the major teams have got through, pretty much the exception of Colo Colo of uh, Chile. Um, Juventus got their fifth straight Serie A title after Roma beat uh, their nearest challengers Napoli one nil on Monday. Um, Juventus did their bit by beating Fiorentina two one on Sunday, uh, aided by a booth on penalty and some rather dodgy refereeing decisions, which. I'm sure we saw about this time 10 years ago, didn't we, for Juventus? Um, I'm sure the Fiorentina fans took that well with yeah. their history of Juventus. <laughs> yeah, I watched the game. They didn't seem to be particularly pleased with the referee. They had a um, they had a goal, a perfectly good offside, a goal given for offside, and there was another thing as well. I think they should have had a penalty as well, just before Manzukic scored. Uh, and in the CONCACAF Champions League, Club America beat Tigres 2-1. Uh, Andre Gignac opened for Tigres, but uh, late... Osvaldo Martinez penalty um, that both clubs remain top of their groups Gignac over in Mexico he's scored 26 goals in 34 appearances since joining last year that's not bad work if you can get it is it absolutely not no. must be quite nice though I mean you're a professional footballer at the end of your contract and everyone assumes you move somewhere like England or somewhere cold and wet like that why not go to Mexico I don't know I think I can probably pick Probably quite a lot of reasons why not to go to Mexico, I imagine. It's not all Cancun. Yeah, I know. He's not, he's not living in a favela, though, is he? No, probably not. He's probably living behind big walls with attack dogs and security guards. Yeah. 
I'm, sh- I'm sure he's fine. You've watched too much Desperado, the pair of you. Uh, and Riyad Mahrez is player of the year. Or player's player of the year, isn't it? This is the one that's voted in February, though, isn't it? Yeah, yes. but, I mean, you wouldn't not vote for him now, I don't think, would you? Um, no, I don't think you would. Uh, hipsters say Encante, uh, other people say Vardy, don't they? So, I don't know, you, you would still vote for him, wouldn't you? He's been a bit quiet the I last would, few but... games. Yeah, I, well, I would, but it's, it's not like Ozil, who's been quiet for the last few months. No. You know, if you'd picked if you'd picked the player of the year in October, he'd be up there, but sadly he, he knocked off around around that time and you know, didn't even make it into the PFA team of the year where he would have been a shoe in at Christmas time. Yeah. Uh, you reckon he'll be there next year then, Ozil, quickly? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't see him going anywhere. Yeah. Oh. I had an Arsenal fan at work this week get very upset at Leicester and what he called financial doping. I asked him that Ugh. presumably that they won Messi on a raffle and didn't pay <laughs> over 40 million quid for him. Honestly, Arsenal fans are very bitter, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, Premier League fixtures this weekend. Um, we'll start at the bottom and work our way up. Uh, Stoke versus Sunderland. Um, Stoke lost their last three games, conceding 12 goals. Uh, Sunderland got a full squad to choose from they've drawn four at their last six and only lost one of them they've got a few injuries as well Stokaf, and Defoe has scored 13 goals that's his most of the last six years Ryan what do you reckon? Uh, I think it's going to be a really tough game actually um, I, I can see Sunderland sort of pulling out another result to just give them a bit more sort of hope in the, in the coming weeks for their relegation battle because uh, I think we've said it before, Stoke are pretty much on the beach now. They're in a position where they're not really going to challenge for anything else. Um, they've had a relatively good season. And it's... Do they even really need to think about pride at the moment? Not really. I think they're probably just happy in their position and going to see out these last couple of games. So I can see Sunderland picking up a result. OK. Mark, what do you reckon? I think um, Sunderland have to realise how lucky they are with the next few games they've got, or the next couple, uh, certainly a few of the games they've got left to go, um, with um, the teams they've got to play. Stoke, as you said, I mean, they've been inconsistent all season. That's been their biggest problem. And the last few games hasn't helped them. Uh, I think Sunderland have also got to play Everton, again, another team with nothing to play for. So they really do have to take these opportunities now that they're presenting themselves to play against teams with nothing to play for. You mentioned in our pre-podcast uh, chat, you said managers under pressure. One of those names you put in there was Hughes. Well, potentially. I mean, l- listen, they, they they did all right up till Christmas or just after. And then it's been up and down, one step forward, one step back since then. And then they've been hammered the last three games. If they If they knock off and go the next three or four games right to the end of the season in the same vein, you know, that does start to cast a bit of doubt, I would imagine, in... In the, the, the chairman's mind to think, well, you know, you can't motivate because Stoke, okay, they might have been a bit inconsistent, but the way the league's been this season, there's no reason why they couldn't have finished the last seven or eight games, um, absolutely flying, and and may have made a Europa League place. And certain, you got to remember as well that every league place that you make in the, you, you higher up the table you finish, it's an extra couple of million pounds for each place or something, isn't it? Or extra few hundred thousand pounds. So. I'm not. I'm not saying he's in danger of getting the sack or anything, but it might just make um, the chairman sit up and take notice a bit more than he may have done. Yeah, 
Okay. For that reason, I'm going to say I, I still think Sunderland might actually be, beat them. You think Sunderland win? Yeah, why not? Yeah, well, indeed, why not? Um, right, you're going to have to help me on some of these derbies because I can't think of any this week. Newcastle Palace. I reckon there must be someone that's played for both. Well, you could just do the Alan Pardew derby. Pardew? I guess. That was I, I did think that, but I thought that's rather obvious. Kenny yeah. Sansom? Did he? He played for Palace in the early late 70s, early 80s, and he played for Newcastle in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, either of you see that faded footballer's Twitter account? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, poor Kenny Sansom. He's fallen on hard times, hasn't he? Yeah, but I think he's on his way back now, is he not? He, he's obviously been sleeping in the park and all that kind of thing, but I think, um, I think the last time I saw anyway, he was making his way back to normality. Oh, good. Because he used to be on TV quite a lot after he retired, didn't he? He did, but he had a big gambling problem, and and that just spiralled, I think, then into alcohol as well. Oh, did it? Oh, right, okay. So um, I believe. Yeah, okay. Uh, so this weekend is Newcastle versus Palace. Palace are in the cup final, um, so is their foot going to be on the gas? It's at Newcastle, right? Yeah. Um, Newcastle are unbeaten in their last three. I think Palace would. I think um, Pardew would love to help send Newcastle down. I have to say, this is probably the one game this calendar year he does want to win, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. I, I think. I think they've done a lot better the last few games with Balassi back, fit and firing. Um, and I think, it, uh, but I don't know. I think it'll be a draw. You need a draw, but well, this was three-three last season. Um, Mike Williams scored in Mike Williamson scored in the 88th minute, and then um, Wilfred Zaha in a 95th minute equaliser. Sunderland are fourth bottom, so they're one at the relegation zone level on points with Norwich, who are away to Arsenal. Ryan, this is Arsenal Wenger's 750th Premier League match. Has he got many more for Arsenal? Knowing Arsenal, probably yeah, he'll probably be there for another season, and then we'll, we'll be in that vicious cycle where. He'll sign someone massive. Arsenal fans will love him again. And then about this time next year, Ola would <laughs> demand that he get sacked. Are you saying they're quite bipolar, Arsenal fans? <laughs> yeah, actually, because Ozil signed, oh, he's the best manager ever. And then, you know, happened. And when Sanchez, same story. And, you know, they signed Czech and everyone got really excited and faded away. They do seem a bit like that, don't they? It's always that thing of, Piers Morgan is the perfect example because majority uh, I'm pretty sure um, Alan Sugar just takes piss out of him all the time for it but it's always like Wenger's actually quite a good manager and then like three months later he just despises Wenger it's the worst manager ever he needs to get the sack and everything's terrible I don't follow Piers Morgan he gets retweeted a lot onto my timeline oh that, that's what I, I don't follow him it's just people just love retweeting this stuff apparently yeah well they, yeah they do they sort of tweet stuff he said about because he says so much that at some point some of it's going to be relevant yeah people just probably think oh that tweet from three years ago is relevant today yeah let's use that exactly speaking of which it's Ed Ball's day today on Twitter isn't it oh no <laughs> um, right of course back for this one Mark um, Norwich will have Russell Martin and Andre Wisdom back is that going to help them no I think so I think Arsenal win yeah I think um, it'll be fairly routine yeah again little, too little too late only one winning four for them. Yeah. Well, that, that's it. Ma- com- comes to March. Isn't there a Shakespeare quote? Be- beware the Ides of March. Is it in Julius Caesar or something? That's right. 
That's uh, that should be on Arsenal's badge from evermore. Et to Wenger. Yeah, every time March comes around, they just fall in a hole. Yeah, and um, Arsenal got the most touches in the Premier League in an opposition's box. Uh, Eleven hundred and fifty-eight. Norwich have got the fewest, five hundred and sixty-nine. Uh, they got back-to-back losses after two straight wins. They're in the last chance saloon, really, aren't they? Yeah. Well, they've got a game in hand on Newcastle, though, which they'll probably lose. I should imagine. Well, this is the thing about Arsenal. They're in that position now where fourth place now isn't guaranteed by any stretch, but as, as much as they want to try and climb the table, that fourth place is probably beckoning them some more. So they might end up dropping the points. Well, you know, even, if, even if it's a Norwich draw, I, I think Arsenal are going to start getting that sort of cold feet again and you know, an opportunity to, to do something... They, it's always that thing where they play evening games and they can't really seem to get it to work. They, um, uh, the draw last week, Arsenal had at home to Sunderland. I wasn't that surprised, to be honest. No, it's what I'm sort of, it's difficult because Arsenal just can't seem to get the job done against the teams they really should be. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're also in that race for fourth of Manchester City, who are away at Southampton this coming weekend. Um, I can see Southampton winning this. Oh, this is the Uwe Rosler derby, Mark. Did he play for Southampton as well? I'm sure he did. I've, I've... Yeah, he, could be, he could well be right. I only, I only have a picture of him in my own mind in a in a Man City shirt. Yeah, I'm sure he played for um, Southampton as well after he left. Um, I can see Southampton winning this. I can see Manchester yeah. City resting some players for the Champions League um, and Manchester City winning. Uh, sorry, Southampton winning. I'm so, Yeah, I'm pretty certain that he'll probably end up resting um, Kevin De Bruyne again um, like he did last... I think he did it last week as well, I think. Um, it's just going to be one of those games where... David Silva's out as well. Um, so, I mean, now... I can see def- definitely see Southampton picking up a point with a back I think they'll probably end up getting through all three, actually. Okay. Mark, what do you reckon? I think exactly the same as Ryan. I think um, Southampton could just just be too strong on the day if, if City decide to to play a load of um, reserves. Yeah, okay. Right, Mark, um, we haven't done this for a while. Do you want to lie on your psychiatrist couch and <laughs> yeah. put a cold oh. flannel on your head? Uh, yeah, Everton-Bournemouth. This, of course, mm-hmm. was the 3-3 earlier on in the season, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And it's often used as a big stick to beat um, Martinez with. Um, they've not gone eight without a Premier League win since 1999. They've got no Funes Mori, no Seamus Coleman, no Gareth Barry, no Phil Jagielka. Um, Bournemouth also without Harry Arter and Max Gradle, to be fair. Right, Ryan, should we listen? Yeah. Let's listen. I'm, I'm genuinely really excited for this. <laughs> Right, Mark, go on then. Uh, what do you want to work first, the team or the manager? Uh, take your pick. Uh, you, you you just instruct me and I'll wind myself up and, and off I go. Okay, uh, I'll tell you what i do. I'll play a bit of devil's advocate with you. And I can mm. see the steam come out of that profile pick on Skype of yours. <laughs> um, he spent some money this week, uh, this season as Roberto Martinez. He's actually spent it on some pretty decent players as well. He spelled, spent it on... Um, Romelu Lukaku, he's brought Delefeu in, he's also managed to keep John Stones. Uh, the team are uh, they're a work in progress, they will come good eventually. Uh, they need a season or two to gel. Mm. 
What do you reckon? Um, I reckon that's a lot of old tosh. <laughs> Why he not? also he, well, he also spent thirty. He bought uh, Lukaku two seasons ago. Um, Delafeo is is always very inconsistent anyway, but um, he's basically just shunted him off to the side in in recent weeks and not really give the lad much of a chance. He's kept John Stones. Sadly, I think he's ruining John Stones, um, letting him believe that he doesn't have to be a good defender and he can just carry on doing the the sort of silly things that he's been doing. Does he need um, to do these silly things to get experience and become a great defender? No, I don't think so at all. When he first came into the Everton side, he showed some very good um, defensive qualities and being able to read the game without faffing about with the ball too much and trying to overplay for that, although he, he was displaying those sorts of qualities, but in sparingly and, and when it was appropriate to do so. So this isn't some uh, right of passage he's got to go through to become a, a good defender? No, not at all. I, I mean, the, the 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 signs are there that he can be a good defender. Just sadly, as I said, I think the, the Everton team is coached horrifically badly um, by Martinez and, and Graham Jones, the assistant, and whatever else is going on there. But surely there's a defensive think, coach at Everton, isn't there? It's not, it's, Martinez is, won't be coaching the defence. Uh, Somebody will be doing it for him. No, no, no. If there is, I don't know who it is. But um, what a, <clears throat> I mean, it, it's telling that, for example, and it's been all over the internet, um, in Leon Osman's autobiography, he said that every Friday before a Saturday game, um, David Moyes would spend a couple of hours practising, defending and attacking um, set pieces, which Everton were very good at both of those things for many years and were rarely conceded goals in those sorts of situations. He said that um, when he brought this up with Graham Jones, the assistant, that they said, "Why, you know, how many times does anybody score from a set piece? Um, so why are we going to spend hours upon hours practising them when nobody scores from them? And you only have to watch Everton to see how weak they are in both of those types of situations or crosses that go into the box. Uh, the Liverpool game being the prime example, the first couple of goals that happened just before half-time that were coming from similar situations all the way through that first half to see that the, the fundamentals of how you play football, not just Premier League football, any football, it, are not being coached properly there. So... um that that comes down to the manager in the end. The, the, the coach doesn't decide this, these things of his own volition. Um, but you going back to the transfer thing. He bought a player from Russia called Umar Nias, who for thirteen million pounds called who? He's, oh, uh, Nias, yeah, Nias. Yeah, I'll give I'll give you a I'll give you a statistic. If you include friendlies this season, he's played less get less minutes in an Everton shirt than Wayne Rooney and Duncan Ferguson. Somebody who's retired and a player who isn't even an Everton player. <laughs> well, how much did he buy him for? Thirteen million pounds, fifteen million pounds. Some people say. And he's not. Why has he not so, played him then? He's been injured. Uh, no, no, nobody knows. Nobody knows why. So is only Bill, Martinez is, knows. Uh, is Bill Kenwright indulging him then? Yes, absolutely. I mean, he's he's loyal to a fault, um, and the tide has significantly turned. And I think what you might see on Saturday is um, there might be all sorts of protests in the crowd, you know, throwing tennis balls on the pitch, the hanky protest, all this kind of thing going on, the plane flying over. Um, I would protest. say that... The what? A hanky-panky protest. A hanky-panky protest like they have in Spain, you know, when they get the white hankies out and wave them about. Um, the the tide has almost most certainly turned. I think if you were looking, even, even as recently as Christmas, as to who, how many people wanted him out... It would have been about 
with half of the season still to go, but I think you're looking at less than 10% of Evertonians want Martinez to stay now. I think it's time time to go. We've gone back significantly um, under him, and I, I, can, I honestly think the players have turned it in, which is unprofessional, but I think you can see that any manager, if they lose the players uh, and lose the players' efforts, then there's a, there's very few of them ever ever come back from that, and um, I can I can see Bournemouth coming to Everton on Saturday with with Everton's terrible home record. Bournemouth are clear of trouble. They're, you know they can come and play their football and everything else, and I think they'll beat Everton. Um, I tell you, one of the most intriguing banners I've seen for a long time was the um, Baines is one of us banner. That was very clever. Yeah, well, it was, he, it was a lot more clever than a simple Martinez out. It was quite. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 trying. He's now getting a bit snippy with his with his self defence. You know, he he picked on Leighton Baines when he made that comment the other week about there being no chemistry within amongst the players. I mean, that's blatantly obvious. There isn't. If you've watched Everton for the past eighteen months, it's not just a recent thing. And he came out today and said, "Judge me on three years, not three months." Well, apart from his first year, it's been absolutely garbage, to mm. be honest. Um, and um, so he picked on Baines for that, which was a mistake because Baines is a, a you know crowd favourite. And then he came out after the semi final and, and had a dig at David Moyes um, after you know not everybody loves everything that David Moyes ever did at Everton, but what he achieved there absolutely dwarfs anything Martinez has and ever will achieve at Everton. Um, so again, he's making himself look stupid, more stupid as the weeks go by. Yeah. Okay. Um... Right, Watford versus Villa then. This is actually young derby, isn't it? Graham Taylor. Yes, Graham Taylor. Uh, speaking of rumours, Chico Flores. Is he going to Valencia? Is he staying at Watford? Is he going to Everton? Kike Flores, you mean? Kike, what did I say? Chico. <laughs> <laughs> he was somebody else, wasn't he? He was that Swansea defender who who had a bit of a dust up with oh, that's Sam Allardyce, wasn't, yeah. wasn't it? Yes, that's him. Yeah, sorry. This is the bloke that looks a bit like he's in Game of Thrones, isn't it? That's him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I want to oh, that's been annoying me the last few weeks is when people call Watford a sacking club because they've gone through X amount of managers in the last few years. They had four managers last season. They, I think. One left because of a contractual dispute, one was an interim manager, and one left because he had a heart attack. It's not like they're Palermo on their ninth manager of the season. <laughs> yeah. But it is a bit of a misnomer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with that in mind... Oh, Gabby Abonglahor has stepped down as Villa captain today as well. He's got, he's got more important things to do. <laughs> <laughs> as Deacon Blue sang, I think he's discovered his dignity. Apparently, a captain should go, da- should go down with his ship, and he's apparently just like washing his hands of it now. Uh, do you think he's doing this so he, he he gets himself a transfer? Is that why you think he's done it? No, I mean maybe he's just whether he's trying to prove that he doesn't need to be. I, I just a bizarre decision to do it now of all times. Anyway, hmm. just. Almost like saying I'm not fit to be the captain, or almost distancing. Or maybe he re- maybe he realizes he isn't after what he's done. Well, maybe it's a token gesture of reconciliation. That's what it is. You think? So Julian Lester yeah, will be captain. It's, an, it's an empty gesture. Yeah. Okay. Um, how do you think someone's going to go tomorrow? Because Watford have only won one out of their last six as well. 
I can't I can't imagine Aston Villa doing anything of usefulness. So I, I can just imagine Watford maybe one or two nil. It's going to be one of those games where I don't think anything majorly interesting is going to happen. Yeah. Um, again, it's that thing of either neither team have got anything to to play for, so almost knock it around. Maybe have a training session. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about this one? The West Brom West Ham. Um, West Brom, their spoil sports versus Spurs. Uh, seven out of the last ten fixtures between these two have ended in a draw. I can see West Ham winning it. Um, Carroll's still 6-6, uh, six six, isn't he? Yeah, I, I really like West Ham. I still do. I think they've got a good opportunity to, to put pressure on uh, Manchester United anyway. Yeah. For that sort of fifth position, maybe chasing into fourth. I, th- I think fourth's probably a little bit too far for them now. Um, they're like... Sort of eight points off Arsenal. They have got a game in hand, but it's probably too too far for them to get now. Um, but they can definitely finish above Liverpool, and they've had a really good season. And the the main thing is that they end the season keeping majority of their players and, and sort of going again next season. Yeah. And um, would you like a stat that probably sums up these two teams' playing style this season? Go on, man. Go on, stat me. Stat you, stato. Uh, West Ham's most creative player this season. Anyone want to guess? Is it Dimitri Payet? It is Dimitri Payet. He's created 102 chances this season. West Brom's most creative player is... I wouldn't even want to hazard a guess. Chris Wood? Darren Fletcher. No, Darren Fletcher with 27 chances created. That says says the whole story, doesn't it? When Darren Fletcher is your most creative player, something is wrong. That's a damning indictment, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Would you renew a, renew your season ticket if you're a West Brom fan? Uh, I'd probably renew my season ticket. There's what, well, yeah. They've been in worse positions in their history and they've they've done all right. So I think... Uh, yeah, but worse positions think... are more interesting. Possibly. Remember that 2005 also... when Kieran Richardson kept them up? Yeah, they had Gary Megson as manager, for God's sake. Well, they did, didn't they? And Pepe Mel, didn't they? Oh, God. <laughs> and then you used to have Jeff Horsfield playing for them as well. Mm. Um, okay, well, last game of the weekend is Swansea versus uh, Liverpool. Liverpool currently in action in the Europa League. Um, will Jurgen Klopp be resting players for the return leg, do you think? Swansea are definitely on the beach, aren't they? They've lost their last... Um, two games conceding seven goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're uh, chilling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Liverpool. Even if Liverpool rushed a couple of key players, I, I can't see Swansea really amounting to anything. Um, yeah, Liverpool are probably going to win it. Um, Liverpool have scored seventeen goals in the last six away Premier League matches. Yeah, well, you know, you you play. For, you play away from home, or you should play away from home, how you play at home. You know, it's the same, grass is the same wherever you go in the football, pretty much. Um, you know, you play playing 11 men with a football and a referee and a couple of linesmen. So why not play the, the same tactics you play at home and play them away? Do you know what? You're perfectly right. When you see people say, oh, you know, they don't travel very well, they don't, they don't play well away from home, I do kind of think, why not? You're still on a football pitch, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Especially if it's like a a, dark, like a local derby, because it's not even like you're travelling far, really. That's the thing that gets me. They're away from home, yeah, but they're, they're sort of 
they've gone down the road. Yeah. So it should be a problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Anyone got anything else they want to mention about this weekend's football? Nope. Not to my knowledge, no. Not to your knowledge. Well, if you haven't got any knowledge about what you want to mention, we haven't. <laughs> um, anything non-football you want to mention? Oh, yeah, actually, there is one thing that I need to, to pick a bone with you about. With me? Um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago you said, oh, have you ever played the game New Star Soccer? I was like, yeah, I haven't played it in ages. I re-downloaded it, and I've not stopped playing it for the past two weeks. Uh, yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> and it's not good, because I'm not very good at the game. So I'm just sitting there, and I get really annoyed at myself, because I'm like, I'll just chip it over that player, and it goes horribly wrong. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I keep running out of energy. It's it's a terrible experience, and I wanted to be mad about you for it. <laughs> well, I was a um, I was I was by Munich for a little bit, but I've I've realised that in the updates you can actually get more points if you stay with the same team throughout your whole career. Uh, so I'm currently a 17 year old at Gloucester City, having scored 109 in 73 games. <laughs> I, I spend way too much of this. Mark, do you play this? What is it? New start. It's a game on the internet. Well, basically. You, it's like you're not actually managing the team. You control one particular player throughout his career. So it's a bit of a role reversal right. to football manager. Okay, no, never heard of it. No, it is stupidly addictive as well. Right. So all that. I've only ever been good at one computer game, football related, and it was Road to the World Cup '98 on Nintendo. Why were you good at that? Is that just you click with it? I don't know. It's just really, I, I was good at that one, but I've been crap at all the others. What team did you play? Well, we always used to get, come round to my house, a um, bunch of us. We'd have a bunch of cans and pizza and all that kind of stuff. And we played the indoor mode, where it was like five-a-side, you know, on, on an indoor um, five-a-side pitch. And um, I always used to play as the Netherlands Antilles. Oh, he's such a hipster. <laughs> but, I, but I always used to beat them, and they were Brazil and Italy and Germany and England and everything. Somehow I always used to win. Oh, right. And then they took it in good grace. We all just got bladdered and had pizza. That sounds like a nice night. Everyone was a winner. Come on. Yeah, everyone was a winner. Okay, <laughs> well, look. We'll come up to yours and we'll recreate that night. Perfect. Yeah. Um, you bring the cans You bring the cans, and I'll find us a Nintendo 64. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that. Uh, Football Pink issue 12 is out this week, isn't it? It is out this week. That's right. Tell us a bit about that, then. Oh, uh, what's in it this week? Uh, well, we've got um, an article about the early 80s Southampton team, um, something on about Bangladesh and the uh, War of Independence and how that a story with football interwoven within that. Uh, we've got some stuff about uh, how England seem to have bad luck when a tournament ends in the number six, so that augurs well for this summer. What, like got a few articles about that. 1966, well, that went pretty well. Uh, but 86 and 2006 and uh, 96, it didn't quite end so happily, did it? No, it didn't. Um, and then we've got bits and pieces about um, money ruining football, which, you know, that's a common theme these days, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and plenty of other stuff. There's a Pushkas one, isn't there? Uh, yeah, Pushkas and Garincha, when the two kind of met like ships in the night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got yours yet, Ryan? Not yet. I might actually go and uh, pick it up. Yeah, you have to go and get one. Um, mm. Okay, so they can get that from where, Mark? They can get that from footballpink.net? They can go to footballpink.net 
indeed and take a look there or they could go to um the football pink dot big cartel dot com i think that's right okay and if they want to ask you any questions about it how do they find you on twitter uh, they can ask me anything they like, as long as it's not too personal, or where babies come from, at the football pink. <laughs> well, you know all about that now, don't you? You've got your own little Mark Jr. Yeah, well, I mean, the stork brought him, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you found him under a gooseberry tree. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> In right. a little blue Everton bundle. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, if they want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? Uh, they can follow me at the Ryan Goodman. Okay, Um Ross and the guys will be back over the weekend to review what we've previewed. If you like what you hear, you can rate and review us both on iCast and at uh, Acast and on iTunes. Uh, all five-star reviews are gratefully received. Uh, if you want to say anything terrible to us, don't say it on iTunes. You can tweet us at Man on the Post. Uh, Manonthepost.com is the website. We're always looking for writers. If you want to get involved with us as well, if you want to do some writing for us, you can email uh, Chris at Manonthepost.com. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Thanks. Thank you. No worries, and all that remains to be said is always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs> <laughs>